full moon, where if we didn't chemically convert mushrooms into power crystals, full moon features would go out of business. I am sorry to say, audience, that we, uh, we, we done goofed. That, we, yeah, well, no, we didn't. The Wikipedia page did. We said last episode that we would be watching a movie called Invisible, The Chronicles of Benjamin Knight. It turns out we stated that would be our next recording without actually looking at the release date of that movie. So instead, tonight we're watching a film that actually kind of just sounds like a really bad sci-fi porno. Please, it sounds like a really good sci-fi porno. Maybe in the so bad it's good kind of way. Um, instead of watching The Chronicles of Benjamin Knight, we are watching its predecessor, a film called Mandroid. I, of course, am Casey, and I'm bringing with me tonight my co-host Gabe. Gabe, I, I know I brought it up very, very last second. Thankfully, neither of us had watched the aforementioned movie, so we didn't get too thrown off. But, uh, what, what did you think of Mandroid? I fucking love Mandroid. You actually liked Mandroid? I really liked Mandroid. I'm gonna be real with you. Okay, this is gonna be a bad channels situation where one of us is just like, eh, it's alright, and the other one actually absolutely loves the movie, because I, it was just, it was okay. So for me, what, I guess we'll get into it later on, but, so this is the prequel, or rather I should say Benjamin Knight is the sequel to this. Yes. Though I doubt, don't think we needed to have seen this to see Benjamin Knight, considering the level of impact that storyline has on this one. It's almost like, I think Benjamin Knight is going to be more of a spinoff, but... We still kind of need to know what's going on here in Mandroid to kind of understand what's going on in Benjamin Knight, I would imagine. I guess. I'm kind of doubtful because they didn't seem to know what was going on with Benjamin Knight in this movie. That's kind of the point. Well, I suppose we can... First of all, did you enjoy this movie? I think you already answered that. I honestly got a little bored with it. I mean, it's it's very stereotypical of your late 80s sci-fi action films it's just done poorly and i'm seriously thinking a lot of full moon movies were shot in romania or in the european countryside due to the cheapness of shooting there and also tax breaks you you think (laughs) it's very very it's very cheap to shoot out in romania i'm pretty sure charles band has a citizenship at this point I might have to look that up later. If he doesn't, he should. (laughs) But speaking of Romanians, we open up with the Mandroid title sequence. And did you notice any names? I wasn't paying attention to names. I was paying attention to the two minutes and 18 seconds of glowing credits on black background. It... I shouldn't be surprised. And you know what? Yeah, that's fair. I was going to say that this movie does have a surprisingly little amount of credits, only about five minutes total, compared to the last film we watched, I should say. Why is Milo back for this one? No, Radu is here. Wait, what? The the gentleman whom is 
whom we assume Radu is named after. Oh, oh, yes, yes. I did see the name Radu in the credits under, like, one of the... Fuck, I don't know how to describe it. I don't remember too much. But yes, I did see the name Radu, and I don't imagine it was his namesake. I just think it's a rather common Romanian name. Perhaps. I couldn't tell you one way or the other. But after we get this title crawl, what we get is... We're straight into robot, baby. Robot, it's a robot driving, driving a car. A car. <laughs> it's it's super good. I really like that visual of just a sci-fi ass robot driving a normal ass car. A sci-fi ass robot driving a normal car with his passenger holding a clipboard and, of course, taking taking notes because this is a test drive. Since our robot friend here is being controlled by a remote third party, this is a test drive in the most literal sense. It's a VR robot is what it ends. It's basically is. The guy's on like a treadmill and he has a VR headset on. Yeah, basically. And they even discuss that later on. They, they're talking about the uh, professor which created the Mandroid. They mention his work in virtual reality. Yes, so our doctor who is manning the titular mandroid is um, is Dr. Zimmer. Dr. Zimmer. Dr. Zimmer. So while we're doing, I should say, since we, we just do open up straight on robot, what did you think of the mandroid design? It... It's so low budget. It looks like a knockoff stormtrooper. It looks like... Have you ever... Do you remember that game Killzone? A little bit, yes. It vaguely reminds me of the guy from the cover of Killzone. I've never played it, but it's very similar. It looks like a knockoff stormtrooper had a baby with Doom Guy. Yeah. Or, like... Some Fallout power armor got sent through an 80s, like, sci-fi movie. An 80s nostalgia, Ray. Yeah. But no, we get the literal test drive of the robot, and they're going around, driving around, and then the robot just kind of turns off. Do they explain why? I don't remember the explanation as to why, but the the mandroid turns off for some particular reason and crashes the car. Benjamin... I'm willing, to be- I'm willing to believe he turns off for no reason because the movie needed to happen. I mean, in the context of the film, it is for no reason. But... The car is crashed with the mandroid at the wheel. The mandroid... Uh, the link connection is returned... And we see that these tests are being observed by the Dr. Zimmer's uh, partner, Dr. Drago, if that's not the most villainous name I've ever heard. No, you forget. Dr. Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago. He's the villain, in case you didn't know. And uh, obvious female love dr- love interest, uh, Dr. Zimmer's daughter, Zana. Who, for some yes. reason, despite being apparently of European descent, has absolutely no accent. You know, I didn't think about that. You're <laughs> right. That's stupid. If she is Zimmer's daughter, 
I don't... They never explain whether she's been out of the country or not, but she has no discernible accent. Straight up American. Yeah, it's not the best. It's not well done, but... Oh, and then, so, the car crashes, right? Yes. Did we say that? Yes. And there's not an airbag to be seen, which is is either an Eastern European thing or a full moon thing. I don't know. Uh, both. But then, the th- what happens is... They, the Benjamin is in the crash. And Mandroid's fine, because he's a fucking bomb-ass robot. Benjamin's bleeding from the head. And for some reason, they're like, No, do not go to the hospital. We will take... He is fine. He just got into a car crash, but he's fine. And that starts a theme in which many of the characters of this film will just outright refuse to either go to a hospital or to bring someone else to a hospital. It's... It is definitely frustrating in the fact that it's, it's obviously for plot purposes, but it's like any sane person would seek medical attention. Right. I think there's at least like three or four different instances where someone should have sought medical attention and just decided to try and walk it off. From very severe wounds as well. Yes. Then we cut from that to them in the laboratory where they toast to Mandroid. And we learn that Mandroid is powered by the MacGuffin element known as Supercon. Which is, and I quote, the most powerful element. Why? That's a pretty vague statement there. To the Supercon, as as they so decree. But it turns out Drago is Angie, considering Mandroid is being sent to the Western countries. Right. So, they also state that the he that the Supercon has healing properties, and we'll we'll go into that in a bit. We'll go into that a bit later on. But Drago is angry because Mandroid is being sent to the Western countries. Claims that Zimmer and everyone else on the lab team are traitors and thieves, and that the mandroid is his work. Right. And then we get, so the head doctor, he he says, oh, yes, Drogo, wait, what's the exact quote? Right. Oh, Drogo, always so obsessed with power. And I, I just wrote down, if there was a single human being that I would describe as obsessed with power... I would not have them assist me with the super robot. That's just if if you could be described as obsessed with power, just keep you keep them away from a lab in general. I will agree to that one. But after Drago's little outburst, we then cut to an obviously American man on a European train just not not knowing how things work. Oh, it's so quirky and not American. Oh, it's so it's so charming and country and oh look, there's a turkey in a basket in the overhead there's bin. There's a turkey in a basket. In the uh, overhead would, bin. That turkey would not stay. There's no way that turkey would have stayed still. Also, just random child roaming the train, getting into people's luggage. Right. There was a child that goes and grabs his camera, 
And then he proceeds to pick up the child and be like, whose child is this? <laughs> Who do you belong to? Who, anyone want to take this child? Who does this baby belong to? It's, Tell me now before I contact Child Protective Services. It's really weird because he seems so natural in just picking up the child and just holding him. I'm like, dude, that is not your kid. And the weirdest part is the mother just comes and she's just like, oh, thank you for, for finding my baby. And she's just all smiles and whatnot. I'm just like, if this were America... That mom would be like, why you, why you got your hands on my baby? Get, get out of here. I'm calling the police. There is a, there should be a lot more violence than there is. To be fair, but, to be fair though, um, in Europe, there really is not such a thing as stranger danger. Like it's so well, it's so ingrained into American culture. Whereas in Europe, it's not a thing. So it does kind of make a little bit more sense that they're so nonchalant about it. But you know in America that just that wouldn't fly. Yeah, well here's the thing. I'm do If I saw a man holding my baby, there would be th fists thrown. You're cuz you're American. Uh no. I think that that should be a reasonable reaction to any human being that chooses to pick up my child without my permission. Is in this instant your is in this instance your child your cat? No, because I hate that fucker. <laughs> anyway, this man who who is incredibly clueless is Wade Franklin, who is our hero. And boy, do they throw a lot of dumb little quirks in for Wade Franklin. Real fast, too. Yes. He chews gum. He doesn't like to fly. Uh, what else is there? Um... He's trying to take photography of the European countryside just right. for funsies. Like, yeah, cool. But dude, you're here on business. He has brought about a bunch of equipment and meets up at the train station, or the train stop, I should say. It's not really a station. Meets up with a individual from the CIA through Interpol who gives him the obviously fake name of Joe Smith. Yeah, it's very obviously fake. However, we don't ever get his real name. They so just call fine. him that the entire way through. And I'm just here like, that is a very, very blatant pseudonym. Right. And so this is also where, at this point, I we don't know who uh, Wade or Joe Smith are. So I just see two metrosexual looking guys get off in the middle of the Eastern European like countryside. And I just thought, yep, this is the Eastern European butt stuff club. I mean, this is just, <laughs> this is just how it works. Anyway. Um, yeah. Joe Smith is an operative from the CIA and I'm guessing Wade is there as either a witness or also, cause he's also a scientist of sorts. They, head to the Zimmer estate and meet up with Dr. Zimmer and his lab team. And we finally get an introduction into what the Supercon is supposed to be because they keep mentioning it without any real explanation. And here is where things get dumb. The Supercon, <laughs> as handed to Wade, is a obvious rose quartz crystal. But with the 
claim that it will cure diseases, can be used as fuel, and apparently started off as a mushroom spore. Yes. What the actual fuck? Like, they could have very well just made it a rock. It would make more sense if it were just a rock. But they decided to make it a a plant byproduct, which I I think I, I really enjoy it because it's... It's another one of those what the fuck moments that just kind of adds to the character. It's not a byproduct, though. A byproduct is a natural occurring substance that just happens, like, that just happens. That's, that would be a byproduct. It's like how, um, it's like how fat and, um, intestinal casings would be a byproduct of the butchering process on, say, like, a cow or something. Zimmer oh, has these here... mushrooms in a pressure cooker... Okay. No. Has this has these mushrooms in a pressure cooker, and he's like, "Oh no! If we were to open the, if we were to open the case, uh, after he injected a weird pink fluid into it, if he were to open the case now, there'd be quite an explosive chemical reaction of gas." So he hands it off to the mandroid, and Benjamin, who is controlling the mandroid. The mandroid starts walking before Benjamin does. Right. So, the thing about the mandroid is we now get the explanation as to why it's been created. The mandroid was designed to ultimately help around the lab with handling dangerous objects. However... We see this chemical reaction take place. There is at no point a reason for there to be a cyborg as the thing that helps out with the experiment. Not one. Well, it's not a cyborg. It is legitimately a robot. A cyborg would would mean that it had, like, it started off as base human and then had uh, mechanical enhancements added to it. I know. Even the name Mandroid doesn't make sense because it is pure robot. Well, but the point I'm making is that there is at no point a reason for this robot to exist. Well, actually, it it does kind of make sense because of what they do with the Mandroid next. Um, Oh. (laughs) They they use the Mandroid to take the mushrooms in their little pressure cooker into a radiation chamber to begin the next step of processing. In this case, we find that liquid plus mushroom plus electricity make crystal. Yeah, okay, here's the thing. That there's a no re- there's no reason for that there to be a mandroid because you could just put the thing in that room, walk out, and then turn it on. No, because then opening the container would apparently expose them to radiation. Then just open it. You you know those things in labs where you have like the container that you stick your hands through with the gloves. Just use that. Yes, it's called a glove box. Just use the glove box. There is the. It's sci-fi. It's sci-fi. It has no reason. 
there's so there is no purpose that the mandroid serves that could not also be served by a button and a robot claw oh i know if i were to show this sequence to my partner i'm sure he could dissect everything that is wrong here in regards to proper uh safety and handling of potential uh biochemical hazards it's and also radio radioactive hazards and all of that i'm sure he could very easily dissect this and point out everything that would be pointed out to osha but the point is liquid plus plus mushroom plus electricity make crystal apparently and this crystal is how the supercon comes to be yeah so we get the supercon and then we immediately cut to polka <laughs> we cut which to I'm polka very happy with. We cut to Polka with Benjamin and Xana dancing weird as hell. That's just how they dance in Eastern Europe, Stan. I, I don't think so. I think they're just really bad at it. Eh, everyone I is Everyone is celebrating. And Joe excuses himself and Drago follows. In this instance, Drago's attempting to coerce the CIA to funding a private lab for him for militarization of mandroid units. And the CIA is like, huh, I already own this shit. Why would I pay for it again? Get the fuck out of here. You're right. So, so here's the thing. First of all, the Dr. Drago refers to mandroid as a super fighting robot. Just straight up. Second of all, this this is just the plot of Mega Man. I don't know if you caught that. Where you have the two scientists fighting over the one robot that can be super, super helpful. The only difference is that Wily made more robots. In this instance, he just steals him back. Right. So, we have that. We have the literal reference to a super fighting robot. And from there... We get the scene where Wade is talking to Xana. And they're like, oh, I guess you like her. And I'm like, I guess that's fine. They spent a night together, which is more than most of these relationships take. So, sure. And we get Drago... And he is trying to, he hires, I guess, a burglar to break in and to help him steal the mandroid, right? Yes. Is that, is that, so, and this burglar is very bad at his job. Yes, this burglar uh, obviously is meant to just serve as a distraction, and in his attempt to kill Zimmer, the burglar gets killed instead. He gets thrown right. straight out of a window. We get a very nice dummy shot. I, 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 record, I repeated that shot a couple times. It was very funny. <laughs> but of course, this is meant to serve as, as a distraction. Because while they're busy dealing with this nefarious ne'er-do-well, Drago has come in and... Knocks Benjamin the fuck out into the holding unit for the Supercon in an attempt to steal it away. 
So, at, while this happens, Benjamin gets knocked into an ice box? Is that what that is? It's some kind of uh, unit used to hold... Um... It's something to hold, like, uh... Samples? Yeah, working samples and whatnot. Right. And so... It was at this point I asked, why does Drogo want to murder these guys? Like, there is... They seem very super reasonable. Where if he was like, yeah, no, I'm taking my intellectual property, bye. I'm sure... I feel like they would be... They would... They wouldn't like that, but they would go through with it. But um, whatever. Oh no, the goo. <laughs> oh no, the goo. Remember how we said that uh, that this was going to be a predecessor to the Chronicles of Benjamin Knight? Yeah, this is the this is the catalyst. This is the catalyst. He the I forget how it happens, but the mushroom goo gets all over Drago's face. So what happens is Drago is holding the pressure cooker full of mushroom goo and Xana shoots at him and hits the pressure cooker. So that causes some explosive decompression and it just explodes in his face and covers him in acidic bubblegum. And he just starts running... (laughs) All through town. <laughs> Screaming, holding his face until he runs to the canal and jumps right in. So here's here's what I fa- thought that made that scene infinitely funnier to my mind. It was that he went, he ran all the way to the canal just to wash himself off when he was in a mansion that assumedly had a like a shower. So I imagine him, like scenes of him running past active water fixtures like fountains as a kid's playing in a fire hydrant and then he just beeline straight to the sewer to wash it off not so much the way he jumps in the canal is so stupid he's just like okay on the count of three oh god is charles band really making me jump in this water oh no oh it's it's so stupid. This poor man being covered in acidic bubble gum. Oh, and so Benjamin is bleeding out. He's been thrown through this ice box, and Joe is like, "Nah, don't take him to the hospital." Okay, I guess he's dying. No, don't go to the hospital. And meanwhile, while they're still desperately trying to avoid any sort of medical attention. The remnants of Drago come across an old building and a mute bum hiding away whom he scares with his horrid newfound looks and then basically intimidates him into becoming his assistant. This, like, mute vagrant is just super on board with becoming a thug for him he's also the best character in this movie yeah he's the only one with any personality <laughs> he doesn't say a word and he has more personality than anyone <laughs> and with that he is just kind of so here's the thing it's so often that when someone gets doused in some kind of a toxic chemical they immediately become murderous psychopaths. 
where he calls up a doctor to, I assume... No, I don't actually know what this doctor's doing. Yeah, like, Drago calls up a doctor under the guise of Dr. Zimmer saying, I need you to make a house call. We have a burn patient. And our mute bum coerces him with a gun into bringing him to Drago's newfound lair. And Drago tells him to perform an operation by candlelight with no anesthesia in this horribly unsterile environment. And Drago stays awake the whole time, instructing him on what to do. And we legitimately have no idea what the point of it even was. Right, because he doesn't end up looking We don't get a better. full face reveal until the very end of the film, unfortunately, but like... One, there are there's no scarring, there's no bandages after this procedure. We legit have no idea what this doctor even did. What was the whole point? Don't worry about it. I think that's just your catchphrase now. Like, anytime I try to point out a very obvious flaw, you're like, don't worry about it. I'm just... Do, do we need to make shirts that say that with your face on them? It's... It's not my catchphrase. It's no, Full it Moon's is your catchphrase, catchphrase at this point because you're the one who always says it to me, and you know worrying is all I do. I'm just speaking on behalf of Mr. Band. I'm so sorry that he has made you his meat puppet. But anyway, we cut back to the Zimmer estate. Xana is checking in on Benjamin. Attempts to turn on the light, and he's like, no, 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 leave the light off. I was trying, I was just about to go to sleep. I'm feeling so much better than yesterday. Uh, just, just go on, do your stuff. And after she leaves, he turns on the bedside lamp. And oh no, his hand is see-through. He's turning into a vampire. <laughs> he's becoming translucent, like tracing paper. And then we cut back and Drago done killed the doctor. I don't know why. Just because he's a murderous crazy person now, I guess. I guess. It's like, this movie is filled with more senseless jump cuts than, than something I've seen in a while. Because Drago done killed the doctor and our homeless man brought him a box of grenades. Right. Okay. He brought him- He just found a box of grenades. Apparently they're all over the place. They are the- Are are they like the peaches of the Eastern European countryside? I think- uh... Come to Slovenia where grenades grow on trees and the acidic bubble gum is fresh and fruity. Yeah, Eastern, Eastern Europe is a kind of- Kind of littered with high explosives. Apparently, according to Full Moon Features. But, yeah, so he gets a box of grenades. He also has a beekeeper hat on, which I found very funny. <laughs> and... I mean, maybe he's keeping bees for his skin. Honey does have antiseptic properties. It's very good He looks you. like he... He looks like he got f- chock full of bees. <laughs> he's done gotten nothing but stung. He's been playing amateur beekeeper. Right, and... So we cut back to the mandroid, doing the mandroid stuff. 
being controlled by Wade at this point as they take a trek to an abandoned mine where apparently this is where the mushrooms that become Supercon grow. And that does make sense, as fungus do tend to like warm, dark, moist places. But here's the weirdest thing. Mandroid starts punching into some rocks, and in a pocket within the rock wall is our mushrooms. With no <laughs> access to oxygen or light or moisture of any kind, here is our mushrooms. How... Why didn't they just make it a rock? I don't know. Also, it is at this point that I noticed that CIA Joe looked like a knockoff young Nick Cage. He looked like our mutual friend Tristan. Uh, you wouldn't know that, but he does. I was going to say, yeah. I've never seen Tristan's face. It's kind of uncanny. Does that mean Tristan looks like a young Nick Cage? Kinda. Oh, I'm so sorry for him. Oh, and so Mandroid gets the fungus out of the wall, which is like, why not just make it a rock? I don't fucking... I'm done. And then we get... So Wade takes off the Mandroid suit. Apparently things have been... They, they already did the thing. He's back in the car. When suddenly a fucking grenade drops in and Wade is blown to the side of the room and Dr. Drogo takes control of the mandroid starts wrecking face inside the car the car flips over everyone crashes they all have concussions are bloodied and bruised and are like got like glass shards in them and then the police come up and are like hey yo you just got into a massive car crash and then joe's like don't you dare take me to the hospital they make the police drive them back to the lab and this is where we find that benjamin is half see-through and they finally take him away to the hospital dr zimmer just straight up says i don't know why it's happening Fuck you. And it was a... It, like, the the movie doesn't know why he's turning invisible. It makes no sense. And I doubt we're going to get an explanation in the next movie. We shall see. But we find that Zimmer had kept hidden a formula that would bring the Supercon to its max power. And meanwhile, Drago gets the mandroid running on thought alone. No need for the VR rig. He can just use his brain power. He has become Professor X. And he also gets an iron mask. So maybe he's Dr. Doom. Possibly. Or maybe he's Magneto. Maybe he's nondescript Eastern European villain. <laughs> oh, that makes too much sense. Maybe he's insert Marvel Eastern European villain here. <laughs> Oh, did we mention that... Oh, no, wait, that happens next. Where they're discussing that apparently Dr. Zimmer had an even more powerful version of the... Of the That's what I just said. Supercon. I just said that. I'm tired. What really happens next is that 
Drago uses the remote-controlled mandroid to kidnap CIA Joe, and then uses him as ransom to tell Mr. Krabs to give him the formula. Right. But oh but no, then... Joe is working with Drago. Why? Uh, because money. Cause he's... But he was already Cause... gonna get the mandroid. Because he's working for the CIA. But the CIA was already gonna get what they wanted. They got the mandroid, but they don't have the super-powered supercon. And he wants the super-powered supercon. Okay, sure. With this ransom for the supercon formula, we return to the mines where Zimmer had hidden the microfilm that contained it, and we just randomly find out that Zimmer is a Holocaust survivor. Yeah, no, that doesn't that doesn't impact the plot at all, does it? No, just random thing thrown in. I do genuinely need to know this, because Charles Band is a Marvel fanboy. We know that because of Dr. Mordred. Did he rip... Did he pull this from X-Men? Because I believe Magneto also was a survivor of the Holocaust. That is true. You're not wrong. There could very well be some overlap here, where he just took these ideas and didn't, didn't know what they meant. Or how they how they impacted the plot. They he just put them in there because I guess they work. Do they work? And that I'd know. Exactly. They don't work. Oh, and so after this we get a scene where Joe is Joe had his gun taken. And the vagrant is playing with his gun. And Trago is like no, what, do you not trust me? Do you want your gun back? The vagrant will take good care of it. It is at this point where we we recognize that the homeless man is the best actor. Yeah, he's 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 having some... He's having a real good time. He's just hamming it up. It's wonderful. And so, the good guys come in with a tank. Which... you don't. We don't realize why at first, but then they... Reveal they got the police involved. Good on them. However, they have so many police officers. It's like a clown car of Eastern European police officers pouring out, all armed with assault weapons. It's absurd. You know who should have been there? Lieutenant Marin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he should be in every movie. <laughs> Him and Professor Popescu should be in every movie for no real reason, just there. It's like the Stanley cameos. But it is at this instance they attempt to do the trade-off with Mandroid and CIA Joe, and the Drago droid takes Joe's gun, shoots Zimmer, and CIA Joe tries to and gets shot trying to stop Drago droid. So was. Whose side is he on? Is First we think he's a double agent, but now he's a double-double agent? Okay, no. Here's, agent? Here's, what, here's what happened. Drogo was like, yeah, no, we'll make the trade, I'll get the thing, and you'll get the thing. But that's the that was meant to be the extent of it. So when Drogo... Again, if you get covered in toxic chemicals, you just become a murderous asshole for no reason. And so when that happened, he was like, 
well, I guess now that I have my thing, I'll kill my rival now. And he shoots him in the chest. And then when Joe is like, that wasn't part of the plan, he tries to stop him. The mandroid in a very flat tone just says, damn it, Joe, we had a deal. And shoots him in the chest. And it's like, that wasn't the deal. You, you had a deal. I was going to shoot all of these people. Didn't you know? That was a thing? This movie well, is a mess. This movie is a straight mess. Also, Joe, bullets are a minor inconvenience for him. Apparently, because he gets up just fine, whereas Zimmer straight up dies from his gunshot. The Drogo droid runs into the abandoned building that he had them all meet him at. And, of course, the police follow, Wade follows, CIA Joe follows, and Homeless Man takes out more guys, and he just has more guns. We get a really good shootout action scene, genuinely. There is so much gunfire in this stupid old building, I kind of stopped paying attention. I would say there's more gunfire in this one scene than the rest of the movies we've watched combined. Yeah. Although the best bit is we get a showdown between Joe and Homeless Vagrant. And they just keep shooting each other until they're both they down. Keep each other. They keep shooting each other. They keep shooting each other. They both run out of ammunition. Homeless Vagrant smiles. But then Joe reaches into his waistband, pulls out a second gun, and shoots Homeless Vagrant. They were both going to die either way. They I think Joe just wanted to shoot him. They both shoot each other to death. It's just that Joe got the last word in. But. Because he had a second gun. It's, and I think that's really funny. It's so stupid. It's probably my favorite bit in this movie, though. Just it's this the shootout between homeless vagrant and CIA Joe. And, and with uh, this, we have Wade and Drago as the last ones standing because, of course, they are. Right, and when this happens, Wade just kind of runs in. We should also say that there has been. In the beginning, during the car, they were talking about the eye and how the eyes were, like, were subpar or whatever. Yeah. And then in this final scene, he get the mandroid gets shot in the eye and that is used to kind of deactivate him. And after that, Wade is already wounded. He got shot by Drogo. Drago. And Wade is literally like, Drogo, wait! Reaches over, grabs a grenade. Goodbye. Just throws a grenade he just randomly finds. Brings down a ton of debris onto Drago for a very anticlimactic ending. Well, we're not all the way done as we next have a scene where Benjamin Knight is completely wrapped up in bandages because he's the invisible man now. (laughs) But is he Claude Rains or Kevin Bacon? No, he's the... He's the guy from the recent remake, the one with the cameras around the suit. Oh, oh no. Oh no. That's not a good one to be. (laughs) But we also get a... Wade is a cripple now. He has the man, (laughs) but he has the mandroid. Wade is now in a wheelchair, and of course he and Xana are smooching because she's, of course, the obvious love interest. She has dead daddy syndrome. They have had no real interaction 
that other would, than the party scene that that was like 10 minutes they've had no major interaction that would give way to romantic interest it's only been two days xana why are you smooching this stupid american because you have little mermaid syndrome go home but we get a final scene in which clutch in the last minute we get tits we get tits <laughs> and we also get the reveal of drago's mutant face that just looks like a plastic mask of the guy from robocop <laughs> he, it's not good the, it wasn't worth the wait the acidic bubblegum done turned him into the son of the toxic avenger covered in bee stings we find that Drago is alive, and this is how the movie ends. Nothing really extraordinary. Pretty average. I thought it was great. I didn't care for it. Uh, it kept, for me, what kept me interested was how there was always something else happening. Like, even when it was just people running around doing stuff, they were, like, shooting guns or throwing grenades, or even then, there was something happening. Which kept my interest. Uh. But. So I have a. New. A new segment. Casey. Oh no. What are you making Which me is. Do? Well so we just recently had our first. Crossover film. With Demonic Toys versus Dollman. Yes. So I have to ask you. With the repertoire of characters that we have seen thus far who are you pitting mandroid against who am i pitting mandroid against um i would pit mandroid against the giant robot from crash and burn or the androids ooh. from crash and burn Ooh, that's a that's a good one i was gonna say the weird Nightmare Monster from Shadow Zone. I was thinking that too, but I was thinking Bill Mosley from Crash and Burn. I that is a very good answer. But also, I just need more Bill Mosley in my life. Yeah, that's fair. And plus, you know, between the guy who played Wade in this and Bill Mosley in Crash and Burn, they would both ham it up to the extreme and it would be wonderful. It would be very good. But that is the end of this episode. Would you recommend anyone watch this? I would. I thought it was a blast. I wouldn't. I didn't care for this one. We will have to agree to disagree. But, Casey, what's next? Next week we actually watch The Chronicles of Benjamin Knight. Because, like I said in the beginning, we done goofed. And we're going to fix this. And we're finally going to talk about that next week. So... Let's see how many Invisible Man jokes they can cram into an hour and a half. I wonder how much of that movie is just going to be a camera watching empty space. We shall see. But until then, stay away from the Eastern European countryside and acidic bubblegum. And y'all have a horrible evening. Goodbye. Bye.